my own experience of schooling was that we were taught next to nothing about how to look after ourselves. I was always very full of anxiety and uh, I went to see a doctor eventually about it, school doctor at 15 and I was put on tranquilizers that wasn't altogether a satisfactory solution because tranquilizers might well help one over a short-term crisis but they're not teaching one how to live. The model I have in my own mind, rightly or wrongly, is of the human being composed of a body and uh, a mind and uh, emotions and uh, a spirit, whatever we might mean by that, and that the job of a good education system, like the job of a good uh, parent, parents, is to help that young people learn how to optimize uh, their own faculties with which they are born and to try to understand them. I think that it's very odd that we bring young people into the world and we put them through education and we in fact don't teach them how to look after, well let's just take the body. Very few schools in Britain or on earth teach young people how to breathe and yet if people are taught how to breathe deeply coming all the way down inhaling all the way down deeply and rhythmically then that person who has mastered that frankly very simple and totally natural technique will be able to control their anxiety we don't teach young people how to sit up I mean, occasionally orders are barked out, sit up, but people are not told about how to develop core strength and the importance of core strength in developing good posture. So uh, many adults develop back pain in life, which is entirely avoidable. Some back pain wouldn't be, but much is caused by poor posture. We don't teach people sufficiently about the value of exercise, about how to rest. I mean, how does the body relax? Here, there are very simple yoga exercises that we could employ and which all people could be taught, which allows them without alcohol, without paracetamol, without illegal drugs, helping them to relax their minds. So, we can see many, many things uh, that could be happening in education. We are therefore negligent because we could be teaching young people these things and we can note that what we learn when we're young can remain with us for the rest of our lives and because we are laying down pathways, patterns of behaviour, patterns of thought, which uh, could mean that we could be much better prepared to face the problems that we have in life uh, if people understood that uh, one of the best ways of all of dealing with anxiety is to take exercise uh, and to deal with depression. So go for a run, go for a jog, go for a 
long or even not so long walk which raises the heart rate so the heart rate comes right up and one does that for 20 minutes or so three times a week and you will feel better you'll feel better than you do from alcohol and better than from taking drugs and the point is these things are free and they're totally non-invasive and they're totally natural I could talk about similar devices for helping the emotions and the mind and the spirit develop. The point here is that uh, many uh, people listening to this uh, will have um, anxieties and states of the mind that worry them. Indeed, you're unlikely to be listening to it if you're the most gloriously happy person on earth and what a responsibility that would be. So the chances are that you're aware of some imperfections in your life, some things you'd like perhaps to change. And the good news is that even if you didn't go to one of these schools which taught you uh, the things I've talked about and much else besides, we can still change our lives. So whether you're listening to this aged um, 10 or 20 or 30 or all points north up to 170, at whatever age you are, you can improve the quality of your life. There's only one thing I should mention, health warning. There's only one, one, one thing that will stop you changing the quality of your life and becoming happier and less stressed. And that is if you don't want to or you don't believe that you can. If you don't believe you can change things, you will not change things. The problem thus is the belief that you can't change rather than the um, attitude of mind that in fact you can because if you do think you can change you will you absolutely will so what can we then do how does mindfulness fit in with this much of my experience here is drawn from a lifetime in schools I started teaching when I was in my mid late 20s and uh, stopped couple of years ago having run schools for nearly 20 years at the age of 60 I stopped 61 what have I learned I've learned that you can do these things you should be teaching young people about well-being and good character but that if you didn't it's never too late so what can we do well one very valuable exercise is mindfulness. What is mindfulness? Well, in the same way that I see yoga as the exercise or system that helps the body perform normally, naturally, so mindfulness is the same with the mind. Uh, in yoga we stretch the muscles, we strengthen we allow the body to sit correctly, stand correctly, walk correctly. We allow deep inner exercise uh, to the muscles and it doesn't cost anything or it costs a yoga mat and classes, but you don't have to go to many classes before you learn how to do the simple exercises and you can follow them on the internet and uh, it's all, all pick up books, it's all very accessible. Uh, mindfulness is similarly natural, We're, if you like, stretching 
uh, the mind, we are exercising the mind, uh, we're helping the mind operate naturally. So what happens to the mind? Well, it can become very overburdened and rather than letting go, we carry things around. We know how exhausting it can be to walk along a road with lots of shopping bags coming in over the arms and on the back. Uh, it's terribly distracting and uh, can be very painful. So what mindfulness is about is learning how to drop the bags uh, that we no longer need, no longer want. And Mindfulness is not about acquiring anything. Mindfulness is about letting go, learning how to let go of what's in the mind. The mind also can become very discoloured by painful memories which then induce chemical reactions that make the mind feel lethargic or anxious or inert. In mindfulness we learn how to recognise, to see what's there and then to to let go of that. So if you can imagine that we have a piece of paper with a hundred squares on it and uh, four of the squares, maybe even 44 squares are coloured black. When we are depressed we are obsessed about those uh, four or 44 squares to the detriment of the 96 or the 56 which are white uh, and free and in mindfulness we learn to see the black but see the white also and progressively we recognize that by um, having a more broad vision of the mind not just living being tyrannized preoccupied by the black but by being aware of everything else we learn to see the black get it into proportion eventually even let go of the black and uh, to live much more from the white the parts of the mind that are not uh, damaged and insecure and depressed and frightened it's a remarkable technique of mindfulness again it's not only purely totally natural but it's also totally free yes it might cost money having mindfulness classes or buying mindfulness books or looking at mindfulness uh, uh, material on the web if we make purchases from it it is free and it is substantially and it's natural and it's helping the mind just unclutter to let go to free itself up to be put in a hot bath so that one just lets go of the tensions and the pains the creases it's like somebody putting their fingers lovely fingers like a massage they're massaging the brain and the brain's just letting go letting go not inserting chemicals into the brain to make it perform differently but just naturally being able to let go through the encouragement of human beings and nothing is more powerful than the love and support of fellow human beings our animals comes pretty close to it uh, this encouragement of dogs or cats or giraffes if you happen to be very tall and have a tall house to fit a giraffe in i'm sure they're deeply companionable too but 
these um, these are ways of just helping us free up. So let's just finish again where we began uh, with our uh, young people in schools, remembering that we can find freedom again, all of us, by becoming like uh, young people again, like children, and having that simplicity of a child, the ability to uh, let go to have tears one moment but smiles and laughter the next we can learn to uh, through the approaches of yoga and exercise to have the body operating healthily if the body's healthy uh, the mind will be they're very totally interconnected the body and the mind and then with the mind, the kind of mindfulness exercises I've been talking about, just the letting go, recognizing the thoughts and feelings, not judging them and letting them go, letting them go. Mindfulness is an endless, endless letting go of mental events and thought events, which is what feelings are, and mental events, which is what fears are. Letting them go, coming back into the present, the glorious, wonderful luminous present where there is just freshness and light and energy and joy and connection with other human beings and it's that connection with others that uh, is responsible for us getting depressed when people are genuinely connected uh, spirit to spirit um, deep deep connections I don't just mean mental or uh, relationships or physically exploitative or physically mutually gratifying relationships but without uh, soul uh, when there are true relationships then we move beyond these uh, harassments of the mind that limit us and we can lead a much more whole and fulfilling life so it's all there if one wants to and it's just the resistance that says no it won't work for me or it's tosh or it's this or that believe that and you'll never change believe you can change and you will find something somewhere your path your journey that will make you free